This is All Saints Sunday. In the church calendar, we're permitted to transfer the Feast of All Saints Day to the nearest Sunday. It's one of the four times of year when we uh, celebrate baptism, and it's a great time to do that because baptism has some important connection with how we feel about and think about and understand uh, sainthood and what it means. So what I'm going to preach about uh, this morning is what does it mean to be a saint? How do you get to be a saint? Why would you want to be a saint? <laughs> Why does the church make such a big deal about the saints? What saints are we commemorating on All Saints Day? And how can I understand the importance of sanctity in my own life. G.K. Chesterton, the great mystery writer in the early part of the 20th century, wrote all the Father Brown mysteries. He said, the communion of saints means giving votes to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. It is the democracy of the dead. The communion of saints refuses to submit to the small an arrogant oligarchy of those who merely happen to be walking around. The saints that we're commemorating on All Saints Day actually are not principally uh, the saints in the calendar. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But I hope you're holding close to your heart and up to God all the saints that you have known in your life, some that are known only to you, some who have had some aspect of character that has had a positive influence on you as a human being and has made it possible for you to commend to other people the practical wisdom that you have had and developed over time and learned over time and are able to do this. In the Bible, a saint means, or used to mean, one who lived before the time of Christ, a member of the new covenant in Jesus Christ, or a synonym for the Christian faithful. If you read Paul's letters in more than one place, he refers to the people in the congregations that he founded as the saints. And as the church developed and got more institutionalized, we began to talk about saints like one who is in heaven with God, one who could intercede for the needs of the earthly church and respond to those needs, and one who merited public honor and cultic recognition by the church. The origin of the communion of saints in the church's life and liturgy came from commemorating the anniversary of the deaths of the Christian martyrs, those who gave their life for their Christian belief. And as time went on, people began to recognize that in their individual communities, there were people who had they had known who had now died and gone to God who were particular exemplars of sanctity and they wished to remember them on the anniversaries of their deaths. So Christianity has always understood the communion of saints in its origin as local. People in individual communities began to remember people who were of great importance. For the first 1,000 years of Christian history, the way you got to be a saint was by popular acclamation or Episcopal decree. 
Not some elaborate thing where you go through and they had to have these many miracles or you were seen levitating or bilocating, you know, in more than one place at one time and therefore that was an affirmation of sainthood. It was local and it was understood to be important. The first calendar uh, of any substance of the saints that were celebrated at the masses throughout Christendom, particularly in the West, came from Charlemagne, the Holy Roman Emperor. And he had an advisor, a man by the name of Alcuin of York. He was a deacon. And he was running the choir school in Aachen, where Charlemagne lived. And in that, when would this be? Well, it'd be in the 700s or early 800s. And so Alcuin came, Alcuin taught the, the boys in the choir when they were singing in the, in the liturgy. They had to know, how, know Latin because it was in Latin then. So they had to go to school to learn Latin. And so they went to grammar school. And that's where we get the term. So Alcuin says, you know, king, maybe he didn't say king, But he said, you know, maybe we ought to uh, somehow take this calendar and combine it with all the with other saints in other parts of Europe that we know about. And they could use uh, uh, commemorate the saints that are local to us. And we'll have a kind of a uniform calendar. And so the king said, make it so. And so there we get the first calendar. We possess a copy of it. It, It's a part of something. If you want to file this on ice and amaze your friends, you can say it comes from the Gelasian Sacramentary. And they will go, huh? (laughs) But you can uh, do that, a little showing off. But the the great saints are the ones that are the classics uh, exemplars of our self-understanding. So the great question would be, Uh, how would I get to be a saint and how would I wish to be a saint and what are the ways I could check since all of us are called to be saints? Well, one of the ways you can check is uh, by reading the baptismal covenant that we just uh, said uh, publicly and read the promises that are in the covenant. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons loving your neighbor as yourself? How have you been doing with that sort of thing, you know? So to read that and say, have I found this any more easy to do? Would I want to do it? Have I found that the fruits of the Spirit that I receive at my baptism, love, joy, kindness, peace, gentleness, self-control, faith, hope, love, are any of those things more easy for me to do? Do I suffer fools a little bit more gladly than I used to? Do I have a little bit more clarity about myself? Do I have the ability to uh, look at my life and my habits of being and relating and realize there are areas that need work and affirm and thank God for the gift of being able uh, to work on those things? I went to, when I first went to seminary, I got to seminary, and there were a lot of students in my seminary then, back in the early 70s. I think there were, there were um, 105 people at Neshota House. And so I got there, and after about the first three or four weeks, I said, my 
goodness, I am in a place with a hundred and four prima donnas. <laughs> and then about two weeks after that, I realized, you know what? I'm in a place with 105 <laughs> prima donnas. So sometimes that can be uh, something of a help. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, you know, the Greek Church, the Russian Church, the Orthodox Churches of the East, they have a very important spiritual principle that has had a deep influence on Episcopalians during its classical period of its formation in the in the uh, 16th and early 17th century. And this principle is called, technically, by the Greek church, theosis. We call it in English, deification. And what does it mean? It means that we begin to see that we, as we live, become more unlike God. Father Thomas Keating, who I talk about all the time in his great book, Open heart, open mind, the contemplative dimension of the gospel says, we are not God, but our true self is God. And so by, by that making of that progress and that self-insight in your work and seeing who your true self is, made in God's image, called good, unconditionally loved, accepted and forgiven by God, you now can participate in God's holiness and eternity. And so the process towards sanctity is very important. Now, you know, uh, when we talk about the, those people who aren't on the calendar technically, people who have touched our lives, we're not necessarily talking just about religious things or aspects of character that we would say are specifically religious things. Saints are not just or maybe often moral exemplars. If you read the lives of the saints, you would be shocked to see that there was personality going on there with a lot of them. But somehow they had some ability to allow the radiance of God's presence. Uh, the, there's a special name for this, and it's called the uncreated light. I've seen it at least once in my life when I was at Grace Cathedral for the Trinity Institute in 1975, and Brother Roger Schultz, the founder of the Taizé community in France, was there and gave a talk. And somebody said to me while I was there, would you like to meet, meet Brother Roger? And I said, yes, I, I would. And so he took me in. He was wait in the room waiting to come out and give his talk. And when I saw his face... I realized exactly what that meant, the way it's shown. So we see that in other human beings if you do give thanks for the opportunity to see it because it's not looking at something external that cannot be part of you. It's an affirmation that it's possible for you to radiate that uncreated light as well, the love and the power of God's unconditional love, acceptance and forgiveness. So give thanks for the opportunity to uh, be one of the saints 
And give thanks privately, hold close to your heart and up to God all those people that you've known in your life who have reflected back to you some species of sanctity. And give thanks for that and for the opportunity to do the same to others. Amen.